Hello and welcome to Love Mondays Club podcast. I'm your host Helen and I'm here to help you unravel the mysteries of marketing so that you can get more eyes on your business and make more sales. This is the ultimate podcast for online female business owners who are ready to conquer their overwhelm, discover their confidence and unlock the secrets to marketing success. Whether you're just starting out or already running a thriving business, Love Mondays Club is your compass to navigate this ever-changing digital world. Each episode, I'll bring you valuable insights, expert interviews, and practical strategies to help you stand out in a crowded online marketplace. It's time for you to dream big and succeed. I want your Mondays to be overflowing with inspiration, excitement, and setting the stage for you achieving your dreams. So if you're ready, cozy up in your favorite spot and get ready to unlock your business potential. Let's dive in. This week, we are diving into the juicy and very important topic of boundaries. So I've been wanting to talk about this for quite a long time on the podcast because it's something that I think that nearly all business owners have struggled with at some point in their business. And I think, you know, as we kind of move through our businesses, different boundaries need to be put in place at different points. I definitely know myself when I first started um, any of my businesses, I was very bad at boundaries (laughs) and that caused me a lot of problems. So what I want to talk about today is kind of where where the kind of need for boundaries might be showing up in your business and how to recognize maybe areas that you feel that aren't working so well for you at the moment and you feel like actually some changes need to be made that's going to sort of really help you not just in yourself and your happiness and contentment in your business but also potentially as well the relationship with your clients and your audience and social media and kind of everything that's involved in running the business. What I'm going to do for the kind of structure of this is I'm almost going to walk you through a day in the life of a business owner, online business owner and talk about where I sort of think boundaries fit into this and where we can kind of look out for signs and and also share with you as well my experiences of setting boundaries and talk to you a bit about mistakes I've made in the past, some of it might resonate with you and kind of what I've done to make those changes. So let's just dive straight into it. In the morning, morning routine, such an important thing for all of us. Now again, a ca- I'm going to be caveating this all the time I think throughout my examples. The thing is that none of us, you know, our days are not born equal. We all have different responsibilities and things that kind of take up our time. And also as well, all of our kind of body clocks work in different rhythms. So I'm one of those maybe obnoxious people who you know, wakes up and my brain is on straight away. Like I really struggle to have lions. Once I'm awake, I have to get up. I have to go and start doing something. I tried for a long time to have that nice kind of relaxing routine where I would sit there and have a coffee and have a nice quiet morning and maybe do some journaling and things like that, go for a walk. But the truth is that what I've learned is that actually early morning when it's quiet and I'm by myself and I'm having that first cup of tea of the day is when I'm at my most creative and my concentration is also at its best. So for me, that's sort of a boundary almost that I put in place of like, I know in the mornings that I like to get up early, be by myself, and just crack on with, you know, almost that sort of background admin stuff or email writing or marketing or things like that, that sort of needs to get done that I know come three o'clock, my brain's going to be a bit fried and I'm not going to be in the place to kind of sit down and do those things. Alternatively, if you're not a morning person, if you don't like getting up early and doing this stuff, then what you need to do is make sure in your diary that you don't have things booked in. You know, if you've got, for example, kids and you're doing morning routines with them or any other sort of responsibilities then make sure that your diary is sort of set up in the morning, that you're not waking up and stressing and trying to do, you know, 
a million other work things as well as all the household routine that goes on so that's one interesting thing I think to reflect on is kind of tapping in to like where you work best in the day and sort of trying to build your routine around that and in terms of boundaries one thing I'd really recommend is if you are the kind of person who doesn't like working early or you find it stressful to try and get into work straight away one thing I would say is don't check your emails (laughs) so I talk about this a lot when I talk about email marketing. So one of the reasons I love email marketing is because, well, I think it's such an effective way of sort of speaking to your clients and you get really great results and return on investment from it. But also as well, I don't know about you, but when I get up, one of the very first things I check is my emails. Like before I open any social media, my emails are the first things I always look at. So you see from a marketing point of view, that's why it's so powerful because that's the first thing that your audience potentially seeing. However, for, for us, potentially from a business point of view, this is where the boundary issue comes in. Because of course, if you don't have the time to necessarily sit there and action things, then you're potentially going to see stuff in your inbox that you're going to think, I want to get that sorted. I want to reply to it. It's going to play on your mind. It's going to start to almost, you know, before the day's even begun, it's going to start to weigh heavy on you. So I really recommend only open that inbox when you have time to sit there and do something about it. This kind of brings me to my next point actually with emails, because I think emails is a really interesting one. And I talk about this a lot with my clients and how some of my clients have sort of expressed to me, and I felt like this as well, definitely in the early stages, feel this pressure that like when a customer or a client emails them, they feel like, or even on social media contacting on there, they feel like they have to reply straight away. This is something I think that can cause a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety. Um, It means you're checking your email and messages at unsociable times of the day. And what I always find is that, you know, if you're replying to people at like nine o'clock in the morning on a Sunday or 11 o'clock at night on a Thursday or whatever it might be, what you're doing there is setting the expectation with people who are contacting you that it's okay to message you at those sorts of unsociable times when you ideally don't want to be there. So for me, this is now a really strict boundary that like, you know, I'll send early morning emails or I'll even schedule them to be sent a little bit later. So even though I'm writing it super early, I schedule it to go out slightly later in the day. Because again, I don't necessarily want people People to expect me to reply to them at six o'clock in the morning, <laughs> even though I might be sat there. So instead, you know, you can do these things that like you can schedule things to go out. You can make sure as well that in the evening and afternoon time, you have a cutoff point. If you really struggle with the boundaries, then actually set an out of office on your inbox so that if anybody messages you, say after 3 p.m. or whatever it might be, they instantly get a reply saying, you know, acknowledgement, essentially saying, thank you so much. I'm out of the office at the moment. You'll hear back from me within and then give them a time frame. And don't say a few hours, you know, give yourself a day or two to get back to people because nine times out of 10, I find as well that actually we, in our minds, we feel like there's this massive urgency and it's really important. We have to get back to them straight away. But actually, I think what we forget is that other people are really busy. They've got loads of things going on in their lives as well. So yes, they sent that email. They're looking for some support. They want a response, whatever it might be. But chances are they're probably not sat there refreshing their inbox, waiting to hear back from us straight away. Now, of course, I am speaking very generally here. You know, some things are time sensitive. I would also say, like, if you're going through a bit of a sales period, then definitely try and get back to people as soon as possible, you know, because you kind of want to strike while the iron's hot and things like that. 
But if it's just sort of customer service style things, then don't there ne- doesn't necessarily need to be that pressure there. This is kind of taking a slight little detour here in, in talking about boundaries, but just a little bit of advice I'd like to throw in as well. So I bet most of us or most of yourselves listening to this have had that time where you've received an email where the tone just didn't quite feel very friendly <laughs> and it maybe rubbed you up the wrong way a little bit. What I always recommend in these situations, so many moons ago, I worked in customer services and I dealt with complaints a lot. So I sort of got those emails every day. You know, I had those phone calls every day. And, you know, you get a bit of a thick skin to it after a while. You learn not to take this stuff personally. However, when it is in your own business, the truth is it's hard not to take it personally because, you know, your business is your baby. You try so hard. You know, you're doing as much as you can to help and support your clients. So when you maybe get an email that doesn't read as friendly as you might sort of expect it to or like it to, it can be annoying and frustrating. So in terms of boundaries here, I have a bit of a strict rule of if I ever receive something like that, again, if it's time sensitive, then I'll get back to them quite quickly. But generally though, if I think someone's unhappy, I'll always get on the phone and talk to them like that because we all know with like communications, tone and messaging, like it can get really lost in the way we word things. So having that kind of phone conversation quite often can, you know, if someone's upset, it can diffuse the situation quite quickly. Or again, in my experience, nine times out of 10, I might have gone down the negative thought process and assumed that they're upset. And then when I actually spoke to them, they were fine. I've just misread the email and the tone of it. So phone conversations, I think, are always the way forward. But also as well, sometimes we need to just give ourselves 12 hours, 24 hours, just to kind of let the dust settle and decide how we're going to reply to things. And I think this can also come across sometimes with, you know, for example, over in my education business, so away from the sort of coaching marketing side of things, it's very common for us to receive emails of people making requests for like support with different things, different resources, things like that. Now, the reality is that Uh, a lot of our customers and clients don't realise the time that it takes to put these things together. You know, we don't necessarily have this massive bank of things that we can just pull from straight away. But sometimes the tone of that conversation, you know, it can feel a little bit demanding sometimes. And I think we've all experienced this. You know, we've, we've maybe all had clients where there's sort of felt like a bit of that relationship. So again, this is where boundaries become so important. And it's all about kind of setting expectations. So again, not necessarily replying straight away. Again, boundaries with yourself, not just saying yes, just because you're trying to keep people happy, like actually going away and taking the time and thinking, do I have the the space and the capacity and the energy to maybe give this extra service or give this extra resource that they're looking for? And the reason I say this is because back in the day, I was definitely a yes girl. If anyone asked me for something, I'd be like, yeah, 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 no problem, no problem. And then I'd have to go away and sit down and be like, hmm, so it looks like I'm working Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> and it was, you know, it was all of my own making. So that for me now has become a really strict thing of, I want to help my clients. I want to do the best I can for them, but it's got to be within reasonable limitations. And actually sometimes you probably have an alternative that's going to be just as helpful for them. But we've always got to remember that like our clients don't necessarily know our business and what we offer them as well as we do. So sometimes it's just about articulating that in a different way. This could turn into a whole episode here about emails. I'll move on. (laughs) 
<laughs> but you can see there, like the main, the main sort of thing with the emails is not responding straight away, giving yourself time to think about things and not putting yourself under pressure that, you know, you have to be there on demand all the time for people. Another thing as well in terms of boundaries is a lot of this kind of taps into the feeling of like, you know, your energy and how you feel throughout the day. And you're sort of, when you're sort of working at your best, like how long you can work with people, things like that. So for a lot of us, I know listening to this podcast, we work online and we often do Zoom calls. Now, you know, definitely a a word or phrase that came out of lockdown and sort of the COVID time was Zoom fatigue. And I think for most of us, you know, we hadn't spent that much time on online calls before. So it's not something that was really, you know, in our awareness. Definitely, I don't know about you, but definitely I have with a lot of experimentation discovered that there's actually only a certain amount of time each day that I can spend on Zoom before it gets to a point where I'm like feeling totally frazzled. You know, I have a headache, my body's sore because I've been sat at my desk for way too long. And ultimately having those boundaries now where I know that actually I'm only going to do two to three hours of Zoom sort of maximum throughout the day. That means that I know if somebody, one of my clients sees me for that first Zoom call or that last Zoom call, they're going to be getting the exact same experience, the exact same customer you know, service. They're going to be getting all of my energy and all of my enthusiasm and support. However, in the past, if I was suddenly doing, you know, three hours here, two hours here, three hours there, I would know deep down in myself that the people who were seeing me at the back end of the day probably weren't getting the best of me as they would have been if they'd booked in the morning session. And from a customer service point of view, I don't want that, you know, and I'm sure you don't want that either. Like we want our clients to have this good, consistent experience no matter when they work with us. So that I think is a really interesting thing to kind of reflect on and and sort of set boundaries with yourself in your diary. So great systems that can help you with this is like if, for example, you use things like Calendly. So that's great for booking in calls and meetings. So I have on Calendly, it's set that on certain times a day, once so many meetings are in my diary, it doesn't matter if I've I've actually technically got a bit of spare time, it will just wipe it out and say, no, I'm no longer available at that. And actually having technology do that for me has really helped me to sort of enforce those boundaries. And now it's just second nature that I just know I'm not going to be spending more than three hours on Zoom, four hours on Zoom during the day. Because otherwise, like I say, I have that people pleasing tendency of just saying yes and be like, oh, what's another half an hour? What's another hour? But when it comes to the day, I'm like, oh, why did I agree to do that? So having kind of almost technology put these boundaries in place for me has made a massive difference. So I highly recommend if you're sort of listening to this thinking, oh my goodness, this is me. Like I always agree to things and then potentially regret it afterwards. Then investing in bits of software like this is going to really help you. And when I say investing, it can also be free. It's sometimes just a bit of an investment of time and getting it all set up. Okay. Of course, another big thing we have to talk about with boundaries is social media. So I often think there is nothing more eye-opening than looking on our devices, going into your settings and looking at your screen time and how much time you have spent on social media that day. Now, this isn't meant to be to call people out or make people feel bad, but I do this to myself. And whenever I catch myself saying, I don't have time, I don't have time today to do that. The one thing I do just to kind of give myself a bit of a reality check is to go onto the phone, look at what I've been doing on there, on that device. And nine times out of 10, I'll have spent 
probably a bit too much time on social media than ideally what I would have liked to have. Now, don't get me wrong, for a lot of us here, we do a lot of our marketing on social media. So, you know, a lot of that time is actually good invested time. If we're on there, we're chatting to people, we're building relationships, you know, we're nurturing our community, we're making sales, you know, direct messages, all sorts of different things. So there's no shame in spending time on the so- on social media. However, if we are just scrolling, you know, if we're stuck in that scroll hole and we're just going through looking at post after post, reel after reel, then that's when sometimes I think we need to start enforcing those boundaries and just try and catch ourselves a little bit. So one of the things I find with social media is that a lot of us, I think, can relate to this feeling of sometimes you go on there and you see things and it just doesn't make you feel good about yourself. Now, of course, there are so many different factors to this. It could just be that you're actually just not having a great day and you're just not in the mood for seeing, you know, the highlights reel of everybody else's lives. So in that case, social media is just the one place that we shouldn't be going to. Other times, though, you might be in a good happy mood but there'll just be something on there that triggers you a little bit now the one thing I always say to people is that like we are the curators of our feeds now the the kind of irony is with these things like if there are things on there that cause us upset or we don't like seeing it or it triggers us if you hang around on that post and you're reading it looking at it maybe even engaging with it, which I'd advise against. What that's doing is telling your algorithm that you want to see more of that because you're spending time on it. So what's going to inevitably happen is that your feed is going to end up being filled with, you know, that competitor who kind of triggers you a little bit. Or, you know, maybe that person that you, I don't know, whoever could be went to school with and who you feel like, oh, I don't want them to see me on social media anymore. Whatever it could be. We could list off a hundred different examples here. But ultimately, what I always try and remind people of is like, you are the curator of your feed. And if there's something on there that's not bringing you joy, happiness, inspiration, somebody who actually you wouldn't stop and talk to if you were in the same room as them, then remove it. You know, if it's too awkward to kind of unfollow or unfriend, then there's the snooze button, there's the hide button. Like social media has so many different sort of functionality things in place for us that we can kind of protect ourselves and set those boundaries. And, and you know, like I say, protect our energy levels, our happiness, like how we feel when we're using social media. And of course, as well, there's the whole boundary of time. So for me, generally, I have actually sections in my diary which literally say social media so that's the time not for me to go scroll but it's the time for me when I know I need to go do a post or I want to go do a bit of engagement or something like that like it's such a hard habit to break but I always try and resist that urge to just you know not just randomly pick up my phone and start scrolling and you know so much so many of us are in that habit aren't we but trying to be really intentional about it using time blocking using your diary that's just one way to kind of help you create like almost healthy habits around how you're using it so I highly recommend that the next thing I'm sort of carrying on through the day here in the timetable so another side of you know running business is customer support and I think no matter what we what we do for our businesses there's always some element of customer support that's going on in the background so I was trying to sort of think of what examples I was going to share with this in terms of boundaries and this isn't so much in my coaching business and marketing sort of training but more when I was sort of in the educational side so me and my business partner in the education business we we have a bit of an ongoing joke about the phrase where's the link and we sometimes you know we joke that we have nightmares at night where there's like 20 people around us all shouting where's the link (laughs) because there was and I had this so much when I started my business like it felt like no matter how many times I told people what the link was for something or where they could find it 
I would always be getting phone calls two minutes before we started. I'd be getting emails five minutes before we started of people frantically messaging me, where's the link? And then potentially getting annoyed with me because I didn't reply straight away or I wasn't answering the call, whatever else might be happening. Now, this was incredibly stressful. You know, I have other examples of this. I actually heard somebody else talking about this on a podcast the other day and on a different episode. And it just made me laugh. And I thought, oh my goodness, I can relate to this so much of, you know, somebody had signed up for something and then they got annoyed because they hadn't been sent the details. But then when I checked the system, they had unsubscribed from the emails. So of course they were never then going to receive it afterwards. And you know, this I think is just the reality of running a business and customer service. Like you're always going to have these little things. Like I I don't know what the exact statistics are, but I I often sort of say to my other business partner, you know, 5% of our customers take up about 80% of our time. You know, the vast majority of them Uh, you know, follow the instructions, go where they need to go, click on the links, everything works, all the automations work perfectly. But sometimes it feels like no matter how many reminders and things you send out, there's always going to be a few individuals who it just doesn't seem to work for them. Back in the day, this was an incredibly stressful thing for me. And I used to find like before I went into a class or a session or anything, I would have that anxiety about, oh my goodness, when when I, I know that where's the link message is coming, what's going to happen? So what we did, and it was tough, but we started to enforce something where we would send out, you know, a series of reminders and things before. But rather than just the reminder, we would say in big, bold text, and again, setting boundaries, setting expectations, we would say, please check this in advance. We do not respond to any communication, you know, within that half an hour before the session starts. And just by putting that little boundary there in place, all of a sudden made a massive difference. Because I think what had been happening in the past, if I'm really honest with 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 you and with myself was that because I was answering calls at the last minute because I was answering emails at the last minute I was setting this expectation that it was almost okay to do that like they, they would trust that I would come in and save the day at the last minute and all would be fine and they almost didn't have to sort of worry about you know finding all the correct details and things like that but suddenly by setting this expectation it made a it made a massive change in the kind of behavior of like our customers and when they were going and and checking all the details and things like that and then we would also have you know a default message that we would send out if someone was calling us so you know I'd see the call come through and I just had that saved message that just said I'm very sorry I'm in a call right now I cannot come to the phone for details please visit this page. Just something like that. And setting those boundaries almost totally removed that stress. And touch wood, to this day, I actually can't remember the last time I received one of those where's the link messengers. <laughs> so, I mean, this is a bit of a specific example here, but if you if this resonates with you and you feel like there's like a process in your business that you feel like you repeat over and over again and, um, you know, it causes you stress and it's time sensitive, think about sort of like how you can set those expectations and manage other people's expectations so that, you know, you are there and present and that any of this kind of external stuff can be dealt with before. And also as well, of course, you know, with customer support, what sort of ties into this as well is like deadlines and things like that. So again, you know, when when we wanted people to submit things, we're generally quite strict with deadlines. And again, this is where email marketing 
is really helpful for you because you can in advance set reminders for people, have them all scheduled in, and then they're getting direct messages into their inboxes for any deadlines, you know, that you might have going on in your business at that time. Okay, so the last thing, uh, well, two, two sort of last things really. Of course, there is the whole thing with boundaries with when you're working. So I think the thing is, again, I can't sort of sit here and give you like a definitive boundary or rule for this because as we sort of said at the start of the episode, no no two people's days are equal. You know, we all have kind of different things going on in our lives, different responsibilities. Like for me, you know, for some people I know that working on a weekend is just like a non-negotiable thing because it's family time and they, you know, they want to spend time doing what they like, you know, in their free time. However, like for myself, as an example, I don't have kids, so I don't necessarily have that sort of um, responsibility at the weekends. And actually for me, I quietly like doing a little bit of work on a Saturday morning or maybe a Sunday morning. One, because, you know, again, this is maybe a boundary issue of myself here, (laughs) but my, my job is also my hobby. Like I love it. I think about it all the time. I really enjoy doing the work. So for me, the thought of doing it in my free time when maybe I don't have much to do on a Saturday or it's raining and a bit miserable and I'm not going to leave the house, that's okay. But also the context of this is that potentially earlier in the week, for example, this week, I was one day away on a spa day for the afternoon and took the afternoon off and did something very different. So for me this weekend, doing a bit of work on a Saturday isn't going to bother me because I still feel like I have that work-life balance going on. And I think ultimately when it comes to the boundaries of your time, that's the most important thing. Like the great thing about running your own business is you don't have to do nine to five Monday to Friday. Like you have the total flexibility with these things, but it's just about ensuring that there is still that balance there that you feel like, okay, if I'm going to work on quote unquote, this unsociable hour of the week, then just make sure that you still feel like you sort of have that balance going on for you because there's no definitive right or wrong with these things. Okay, so finally, the last thing is thinking about the kind of to-do lists that we have. So again, I don't know many people who run their own businesses who don't feel like they have a to-do list as long as their arm, their leg, their body, whatever. (laughs) It's never ending. And I actually think that a lot of the sort of ideas of boundaries really sit around this. So something again, that as a personal example, I know I was very guilty of is, and I still fight this now to this day, even though I'm talking to you about doing this and I'm talking about doing it differently, but I will be honest with you. And I've, you know, been running my own business now five and a half years, but I am still a bit of a control freak and I still love doing things by myself. Sometimes I think it's a bit of a martyr syndrome. Sometimes it's like, oh, well, no, you know, I'll just go suffer it and do it alone, (laughs) which is so silly. And I probably shouldn't be admitting this to you so openly on the podcast. But equally, over time, there are parts of my business that I've got a lot better at outsourcing with. And I think that like, if you're sat here and you're thinking that you do want to grow your business and you've got these big entrepreneurial dreams and you can really see this like vision of what your business can become... The truth is, the reality is, it's going to be really difficult for you to do it by yourself. It is possible, but how many hours are you going to have to work every day to make that happen? Like how, going back to the idea of like weekends and evenings, like how much time are you going to have to give up to make that possible? Now, again, I don't like this narrative sometimes out there, which is like, oh, you know, I work two hours a day and I'm a millionaire, things like that, because fair enough, maybe they are. However, rewind a few years, there was a lot of work that would have definitely gone into the foundations of that. And also as well, 
Yes, that individual might only be working a couple of hours, but I guarantee you there's probably some sort of team sat there in the background helping a lot of it run as well. And they are probably not working two hours a day. This isn't me criticising or anything, but I, I just, I think I want... I want there to be a lot more like open, honest narrative about this sort of stuff, because the reality is that like building a business does take time. It does take a lot of hard work and there are going to be some evenings. You know, the other week I stayed up quite late doing a bit of work because sometimes you're just in the zone. You know, sometimes your energy hormones, whatever we want to call it, they're on fire. You're just maybe really you've got your head down. And also as well, the main thing is, are you happy? Are you enjoying it? Do you feel like you're getting something out of it? And that's absolutely fine. So there's no shame in this kind of working and doing doing a lot of the hard work yourself. But equally, there has to come a point where like, if you find yourself consistently every day, every week, you know, almost overworking yourself and feeling that stress and pressure, then that's definitely the point where the boundaries need to be kind of the lines need to be drawn. And we need to really think about like, how you can outsource more of this. So if you haven't outsourced before, what I really recommend doing is look at that massive to-do list that you have and actually think about, are there things on this list that are maybe sort of like admin-y or things that you don't enjoy doing, or maybe even things that you're not that good at? You know, like for example, I know with myself when I was doing my branding and things like that, I find it so difficult doing logos and stuff like that. It's just not my zone of genius. So that's something that I have always outsourced and got someone to help me with because what takes them an hour would probably take me about three or four hours. So it's just about, you know, that value of your time and things like that. So make that little list and think about what could I potentially give for other people to do. And if you're just starting out in your business and you're thinking, well, actually, I don't really have the budget, Helen, to be like outsourcing yet, or I don't really know what I can be outsourcing. Something I always recommend doing, to my, so I was when I work with my clients, I always recommend thinking about the processes that they go through, thinking about the kind of systems that they're using and almost creating a bit of a kind of manual or guide of how to do it. Because again, that's another problem sometimes is that we're the only ones in our businesses who know like who know how all the moving parts are working. So again, when it comes to bringing somebody into the business, all of a sudden, it's going to be really hard to train them up, really hard to explain it all to them if it's all stuck up in your head. So for me, I have, so I use Trello. I really like writing lists and making notes. And I've got a board specifically on there where I've basically outlined all the different processes and all the different routines in my business. So as the kind of, you know, control freak in me starts to fade gradually over time (laughs) and I bring more people into the business to help me, then it's so easy for me to actually then outsource it because the training and the process and everything is there set up, ready to go. So it's going to save you time. It's going to save you money. And it means that you can kind of start seeing results from that extra support that you've invested in um, quite quickly in your business. And also as well, ultimately, time is your most valuable thing. So if you can find somebody to give you more time, then that's going to help your business to grow massively as well. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Let me know if any of this resonated with you. If boundaries is something that you find tricky. Um, was there anything else as well that you find difficult that I didn't mention in today's episode? And this is going out in July. And this, I know, again, is a time period for some of us where it's going to be quite quiet and maybe we've got time to dive into our business and do lots of work. Others of us with kids, summer holidays. Let's just make it through the next five weeks. (laughs) 
So again, this is all boundaries. Again, you know, it's all about your priorities and where you want to spend the time. But if you do have five minutes after listening to this episode and you think there's something I haven't mentioned that's also to do with boundaries, do let me know. I'd love to hear from you. You can contact me pretty much all over social media at Love Mondays Club. Otherwise, have a lovely last week of July and I'll see you for next week's episode. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Love Mondays Club podcast. Don't forget to review and subscribe or share this episode with one of your business friends. Have a great week and I'll see you next Monday.